that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson, fresh off a trip to L.A., famous... Ishmael Johnson. Famous. I don't know about that much, but <laughs> no, it's good. Good uh good vacation in after uh after signing day on, on the football side. So it's kind of a, a good spot to take a little bit of a break before we get right into golly playoff time in, in high school coming up next week. And then after that we mm-hmm. got uh all the March Madness stuff. So that's gonna be uh, kind of interesting. Yep. Um we are what one month man i mean it's almost march i mean obviously it's february 7th at the time of recording this it just Mm -hmm. feels like it's i'm starting to feel it ish i don't know how else to explain it it feels like it's almost here we're almost at the point of like conference tournaments and it obviously the ncaa tournament we go from there but Mm -hmm. um obviously you know we didn't didn't have a podcast on friday so a week since we last recorded i kind of want to reset everything and kind of look at a couple conferences as a whole um, and obviously, obviously, we have to talk about the Big 12. So, um, oh, the Big 12 <laughs> men's basketball. Yep. It is, um, since last time we recorded, and we didn't even mention it, I mean, Texas Tech, last time I meant to uh, shot them out for beating Iowa State um, at home on that big comeback. So, they, uh, Texas Tech won a couple games. They then lose to Baylor. Uh, TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to Oklahoma State over the weekend. I don't fully know what to make of them. Mike Miles, we need to see him get back to 100. Yeah, he's still still out. Yeah, um, and then Baylor. I will get into them a little bit more, but I'm starting to just to buy Baylor. Uh, Texas. I watched last night's game against Kansas. Almost the entire thing. I watched about three quarters of it. Um, Texas kind of is what you know they are what they are at this point, but they are very very high floor team and we'll see if they can do it where do you want to start when talking about the big 12 because it's eight and three texas at the top then seven and three iowa state seven seven and four kansas six and four baylor six and four tcu six and four kansas state yeah i mean i guess we can start with baylor a little bit uh jonathan chamachacho is back and you know i guess i can start off by asking you does that change your perception of kind of what Baylor is now uh, because the biggest hole in this team was defensively in the middle in the front court. Uh, we like Flo Thamba, but he's more of a rotational player in terms of in that aspect. Um, now, you know, he can kind of go back to his best role as probably the best big off the bench in the Big 12 because um, now they have Jonathan Chamachacho back, came back against Texas Tech. And, you know, does that kind of change your 
projections of where Baylor is right now, sitting at six and four. Um, Ken Palm has them at finishing fourth right now as in the in the Big Twelve. Of course, that doesn't take into account what Jonathan Chamochachua adds defensively. Yeah. But you know, what are, what are your thoughts? You're the one that saw the, you texted me about the Tech game. You know that yeah. that he was coming in, and uh, I, I don't know. I was personally shocked because I mean take down the, the curtain a little bit when we had Scott Drew on, you know, we were asking him, we're like, Hey, before the show, we were kind of asking him like, Hey, what's the status of JTT? Yeah. Can we talk about him at all? And he was very much like, Hey, don't, don't mention it. Right. Cause it was like, yeah. it sounded like he wasn't going to play this season um, or at least very, very late, maybe around the tournament or whatever. It's February and he's back. Um, <laughs> you know, what, did, what do you kind of think of Baylor now? I am buying all the Baylor stock right now. 100%. All of it. Okay. I mean, they have not only won six of seven with the only loss coming to Texas on the road in a game that I thought they played pretty well in. Uh, if Jonathan Chamochachua is 75% of what he was last year, that is probably a player that's better than Flo Thamba still. And if, if nothing else, even if he's on the same level as Flo Thamba, you at least now have two fives that you can trust. And, I mean, Josh, um, big Josh, I forget his last name, Ojedwundi or whatever uh, it is, I, I think he's a he has a lot of potential as a freshman. Uh, Ojedwumo, mm-hmm. by the way, um, a lot of potential. But I just as a backup five, I just didn't love him. If Jonathan Tomachov sure, sure. can be the defensive center that we saw him be last year, this team's ceiling is incredibly high. Like I think this is a Final Four caliber team if Jonathan Chamochacho yeah. can play at 80% of what he was last year. And if, even if it's just defensive side of the ball, he doesn't have to score the ball because this team just isolates every time down the court. Keontae George, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, you know the guys. They just isolate, shoot a bunch of threes. They're highly combustible. But, man, that would just change everything with this team. And yeah. I am completely buying on what this Baylor team is right now. They have Oklahoma up next, should take care of business. Like TCU, West Virginia, they're – yeah, after that, like they could very well continue this like winning month of, of basketball. So I'm all in on Baylor. The, that Big 12 is kind of up in the air right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Baylor goes on a run and maybe wins it. Yeah, kind of. It kind of changes your whole perception about the conference because it was already close at the top. I mentioned them six and four. Um, yeah. they're basically, it's, it's funny. They're about two games out. What is it? Two games out from first roughly. Um, and then there's, they're also like one game out from like eighth as well. And so it, yeah. it does have, a, there's a big variance, um, uh, variance potential there, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of agree. I think that he came in, what did he play? 13 minutes, but he mm-hmm. had like eight points, four rebounds. Like he was very active right away. And you, you mentioned it, you just kind of saw, the energy kind of changed. Now, granted, we know one Texas Tech's not really good this season, he had and two, two as well. That was God. I, I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, you shoot yeah, a little add, bit too, and I was like, yeah, oh, he was adding a little bit of outside shot game. to his game. I watched probably about half of his minutes, probably about seven of his minutes, because then Baylor pulled yeah. away, and I was like, all right, I watched. Uh, uh, was that Tennessee Auburn that night? I don't remember, but I was watching mm-hmm. another game that night. So yeah, he can shoot too. It's another. Aspect. That's something. Um, I will say this stretch is interesting because one Baylor should be favored in probably the next three games. Like you mentioned, especially if Mike Miles is out for TCU. Um, And also 
you know, we know Tech's not very good, and we, and they're also without Fardaz and Pop Isaacs right now. So like they're even worse than we kind of expected, um, or have have seen, I should say. And so it was nice to see, but it was still a very hobbled Tech team. And so what what happens when? Granted, they get a hobbled TCU team in 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 a couple games, but Oklahoma's fairly healthy. West Virginia looks pretty good, and so let's see what they look like a little bit. And then obviously they go to Kansas, which will be a huge test. Um, and we can talk about the Kansas-Texas game here in a bit because Texas was kind of on their own little uh, streak right now, which put them in first, uh, knocked off, as you mentioned, Baylor, and then knocked off Kansas State as well um, and kind of put them in the driver's seats of the Big 12, at least until last night. They're still at the top of the Big 12, but they're not as kind of in firm control anymore. In 2021, um, Baylor had a 117.7 um, efficiency on offense. This is on Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, they're at 114.5. They are – it's amazing because they really – they don't turn the ball over. They, they turn the ball over the least. Mm-hmm. They have the highest offensive rebound percentage. Like that, that all helps, but it's like – there are just moments in a game where you they score the ball where no other player in the in the conference can score the ball. Like Keontae George, yeah. Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, like you take their, those three and you replace them with Texas backcourt, with Kansas backcourt, Kansas State backcourt. Mm-hmm. Those are all really, really good players, but Baylor just has guys that can get buckets, and it is mm-hmm. incredible to watch. Like I it almost saved them last year. Like where they, when they lost to North Carolina, like you, they just made shots and then they came yeah. back. But um, yeah, that was just really interesting to watch. Cause I mean, I watched the Texas game and the Texas tech game and we'll see how they do against Oklahoma tomorrow. But Baylor is uh, my favorite team in the big 12. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, like the, the player of the year is going to be very interesting to watch because it could be, I would argue that Keontae George should have a very good shot at it. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Jalen Wilson's going to have a, obviously a big case to make. Um, Marquise Knoll at Kansas State is going to be like, but and, and Marcus Carr too. Like Marcus Carr is playing great for Texas. And let's then, talk about uh, Texas. Yeah. No, but let's, yeah, let's talk about Texas a little bit. Um, you know, as you mentioned, they came into the Kansas game last night. We're recording on Tuesday um, on a big streak. And they were really, it, 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 at least for me, I was really starting to question when we said we didn't think Rodney Terry had a shot at the job, right? Like we didn't think that he, a shot's very harsh, but we didn't think he would get it more or less, right? Yes. Um, heading into the Kansas game, it was starting to make me question that a little bit. I think I still lean no, but the way they've been playing, the fashion and when they in which they've been winning these games coming from behind, right? Especially against Kansas state. Um, and this team just like the way they just play the, 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 the rate at which they play, like we've mentioned they're they kind of lack the, the grittiness of like that defense that we saw, mm-hmm. but they're still playing hard, right? They're yeah. still like really, really, really playing for each other and playing for Rodney Terry. And, even in the loss to Kansas, I think I still saw that because at one point they were down 14. They go into the half down seven. And then more or less, uh, what was the final score? Um, 88 to 80. 
88 to 80. And like that was kind of towards the end, they were fouling and things like that. But it was more or less like a five-ish point yeah, game right. for most of the mm-hmm. second half. And so I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of I'm really impressed with this team because I still think defensively they lack a lot. Um but it might not matter. <laughs> it, but like this team has just a bunch of, as you mentioned with Baylor, they have shot getters and shot takers. Um, Tyrese Hunter's kind of fallen back to earth, but he's still doing what he does very, very well. Uh, Marcus Carr, I mentioned, has flourished into kind of uh, the guy that we thought he could be. Marcus um, Carr's three-point His three-point shooting has been a huge revelation. I know, I know they said on the broadcast, I think in the three or four games before Kansas, he was like two of 15. But I mean, right. even with that, He's shooting 38.6% on the year. And like in can against Kansas, he had just some flat out buckets. I mean, he yeah, um, off the bounce, off the catch, the mid-range, the fadeaway, the step back, I, everything was working for Marcus. The I shot, mean, the the three-pointer before the halftime. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were they would have been down 10. And it was like a hand in his face, and he just took a step back yeah. three or a, a fadeaway three, and he nails it. And they go into the half down single digits. And it's like, okay. And then they came out like on a 5-0 run to start the second half. So it's like he this team goes as he goes. And it feels like last year, I think this is the benefit of Rodney Terry is last year. It looked like there was like some restraints on him. Right. And I feel like Rodney Terry's kind of brought out that part of his game where it's just like letting him go. This backcourt um, of car Hunter and rice. I want to give a big shout out to Serge Barry rice. I tweeted him. Yeah. Oh my God. He's so much fun to watch, dude. He like, if we had a starting five of favorite players to watch in the, in the state, Serge Barry Rice is up there for me. Yeah. He is incredible to watch. I, I it is kind of beating a dead horse with how much they talk about his ball fake, but I think that's just because sure. I was about, I was just about to bring that up, but like, it, it works. Yeah, I think it's just because we watch a lot of Texas games, so it's just like every time it's like, oh, there's the ball fake. There it is. Right. I'm like, okay, we. But get it's it. good. It's a it's a really good ball fake. Like no, it's great. the way it's he, good. I don't know, like the way he, you don't see that often. Like you don't see. Well, I was about to say, like, he literally, like, he almost, like, palms it as he, like, as it hits its apex. So, it's, like, you don't see a ball fake like that ever. And I don't know, like, it it becomes, like, a – I don't know if he's, like, starting to believe his own juice or whatever because, like, he'll ball fake, like, straight up, like, three times before he shoots it every single time. And it's, like, every time it works. And I remember Mm -hmm. there was one time against Kansas. I think think it was Grady Dick guarding, guarding him. And, like, Grady Dick, like, bit, like, twice on it. And then, like, he just took it inside. And it's like, what do you do? Like, can't let him shoot because he's shooting great this year. I believe he's shooting 34% from three on, like, four attempts, which off yeah. the bench is nuts. Um, and, yeah, so I don't, it, it, he's he's been incredible. And he's been one of their clutch scorers late. Um, Tyrese Hunter's shootings kind of come back to earth. So, But he's been it, he's been the one that's kind of carried that. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and the last thing I'll say about the ball thing is, it's the fact that his shot it, it mimics his shot so well. That's mm-hmm. the crazy part. Like it gets to the exact point of the release almost, and then yep. he just obviously doesn't shoot it. And then there are times where he's actually shooting the ball, and he doesn't have elevation off his jump shot. It's kind of like he's right. It's a very flat shot, not flat, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's stationary in a sense. Yeah. Um, and so the shot looks the same. There are times where he shoots the ball, and I thought it was going to be a pump fake. Like that, right, right. gotta be ridiculous to defend um personally so yeah shout out to Bar- Bar- like, right there. he's amazing against, against kansas state it looked like jerome tang kind of like told his players to watch the shot and oh, yeah. they did a decent job at it but it was like at some point 
they just started biting again and I don't, yeah it was it's it's great he's been he's been so much fun to watch um yeah. i will say he's been the thing about this team that interests me is that they show so i th- i think team defense is where they kind of struggle mm-hmm. um individually i think they're good like Tyrese Hunter is a good defender right i think Serge Jabari Rice can defend uh Timmy Allen we know is a good defender last night uh I think it was Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson combined for what? Uh, well, Grady Dick had 21 points, but it, yeah. it took it, look. He struck. He worked. Well, for Wilson. Points. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson had two points. Yeah, Wilson didn't score yesterday. Yeah, and it's like Juan Harris had a masterclass though. Man, he was good. Yeah, um, and like they were. So it's like okay, they're able to game plan around guys, right? And I just wonder. I don't know. I uh, I think my concern is more of the team defense aspect because mm-hmm. again they're able to take Jalen Wilson out of the game, which is what more or less got them kept them in it, uh, kept it from getting away. But like you mentioned, Dewan Harris, Kevin McCullough got to the line a ton and things like that. It was like those kind of uh, issues are the ones that kind of uh, kind of were the were the the uh, kind of what bit them in the end. Um, but regardless, I don't feel bad about this team after that game. I, I feel about the same, which is a team that I still think can win the conference. I don't want to get too far into like thinking about what teams can do in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. yet. We'll save that. We'll save that. We'll save that. But yeah. it is an interesting situation because like they've evolved so much, it feels like, even from the beginning of the year, where it's like it's a very backcourt centric team now. It is well, very they're, much they're more or less playing a lot of the time they're playing five out. Like, yeah. They're just like, like it, yeah feels like it's car uh hunter rice allen has his moments but he's kind of taking the back seat bishop has his moments DeSue has moments mitchell cunningham uh cunningham's kind of perfect role player for this team he can i mean shooting well i thought he was yeah shooting 46 percent from three and then obviously you get him just like being a, a pain in everybody's side so mm-hmm. he's kind of a perfect three or four uh for this team right now so i like where they're at I question their ceiling, but I don't question their floor, and that that's a good thing. All right, uh, real quick, I I don't have anything new on TCU or Texas Tech. Um, I, I was about to say, I, I feel like I feel like uh, everything about TCU is just like on hold right now. Yes, <laughs> while we, we figure out right until we it. figure out what's wrong with Mike Miles, how long he's going to be out, and then what state he comes back in. I assume he's coming back because they haven't released a statement. Right, saying like usually when it's an ending thing, it's like oh he's out. But I I don't know. I don't know what 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 everything with this team kind of hinges on, and especially now that him and Eddie Lampkin are are out, everything kind of hinges on what what they are. And you know, this is a team that could be a conference contender, elite eight caliber, or this is a team that like without their best player could go out in the first weekend potentially. You know what I thought about uh, before we move on is that Denton Geyer trio of Jalen Wilson, Jacoby Coles, and Davion Harmon are all in the Big Twelve, and I didn't even didn't even realize it. Wow, Jacoby Coles is at TCU, isn't he? He's, yeah. What Man, I completely forgot about that. Interesting little trio there. Um, I mean, that, that that doesn't matter to anybody listening that you know didn't watch Den Geyer in high school, and you know that's right, right. They were a good team. God. They they weren't they didn't win state or anything, but they were. They I was very, trying to think. Good. Isn't let me see. There's, there was one more, uh, Grayson Carter. Where's he at now? Yeah, 
I don't know where he's he was. Another, oh, he's the Texas Southern. Yeah. So they're all back in I state. Know, That's cool. I know Ty Maguire. I don't know if you remember Ty Maguire. There. Oh my shooting. god! Yeah, Ty. Mag- yeah. Uh, he's at. Um, oh my gosh! He did, North Texas first game of the season was against uh, Southern Nazarene, and uh-huh. Ty Maguire is on Southern Nazarene, and he lit North Texas. Uh-huh. Up. I think he had like fifteen points. Man, so, see, we got to have a retrospect on that Denton Geyer team because <laughs> that is D- Davion Harmon, yeah, Jacoby Coles, Grayson Carter, Jalen Wilson, and Time a Guy. Jesus, yeah. that's crazy. How, how that team didn't win? How yeah, that it, it, to me the the that season it was that team, and then I think I mentioned Westlake before with Will mm-hmm. Will Butler, Brock Cunningham, Keontae Kennedy, and. There's somebody else I'm forgetting on that team, but regardless, those guys Will, is like uh, uh, was it Will Baker? Oh, Will Matthew Mayer. Matthew Mayer was on that Westlake team too, and so it's like those two teams, how they didn't come out in six A, will always blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a great time because he had Drew Timmy in the area, obviously. Oh God, uh, yeah, had, Drew T- he lost that guy or team. Yeah, he lost the guy or team. You had Tyrese Maxey at Garland. Um, oh, you had uh, uh, Jamal Bienemy at uh, Katie Tompkins, who I think they were runner-ups. Beat, at, uh, uh, to, yeah, they beat Jamal, Jamal Bienemy's team. Beat I was there when Bienemy's team beat uh, Tyrese Maxey's team in the state semis. Uh, Maxey's junior year, and Maxey put up forty-eight in the Alamo Dome. Um, good times, good times. Oh man, that was that that year was probably the oh. best year in a long time. Yeah, off-season podcast. Off-season podcast. We just Dude, spent a whole hour reminiscing a about retrospect. high school, about specifically the 2016, 17, 18 years when I was plugged in. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay with that because like all these guys are seniors now, so it's like let's look back on how yeah, they kind of exactly went to the league in Tyree Maxey's case, but like how they've spent their college years too. Exactly. So that's a that's great. It's a good off-season <laughs> podcast. Keep it in the back pocket. Write yeah, that yeah. down. <laughs> Um, all right, to the whack, where I, I only have one result to talk about because mm-hmm. nothing about this makes any sense. Uh, UT Arlington beat Sam Houston State University. It was yeah. at the College Park Center. Uh, we talked about it before, how UTA is, is awful. They weren't good. Uh, Sam Houston State, however, was good. You know, they were pushing for the top of the whack. And then five-game win streak. Five-game win streak. I mean, they just and Sam Houston comes out and lays a dud. I mean, Sam Houston State's defense has been its calling card the entire year. Like, we – sure, you know, Quay Grant goes one of 11. Dante Powers one of eight. Um, you know, go down the list. They didn't shoot well as mm-hmm. a team. They didn't score the ball well at all. All right, cool. No no denying that. They shot 33% from the field. But the thing about this Sam Houston team is it's it's almost not supposed to matter because we, we, we talked about before, they just have dogs. They, got, they have junkyard right. dogs that just don't care if they score, but they're going to stop you. They didn't stop UTA at all. UTA puts up 46 in the first half, beats them 70 to 58. And it probably, okay, I don't want to say it kills their chances, but it puts severe a wall, hill, mountain in their way in winning the conference now. They're now 7-4. Yeah. And, and um, where, where are they at now? So Utah Valley is 9-2. Southern Utah is 8-3. Sam Houston 7-4. They're tied for third right now. Yeah, so instead of being second, you're tied for third with yeah. three teams. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it, it's a bad loss. I mean, UTA is one of the worst teams in the conference. Um, good for them for turning it around. You know, they're now three yeah, and eight, um, and they've kind of been – they've looked better since mid-January than they looked previously where they were on like a six-game losing streak or something. Yeah. Um, 
they're finding something. And I've mentioned Kendall Weaver before, true freshman out of Mansfield Timberview. He's been mm-hmm. he scored 21 in this game. He's been kind of a revelation for them this year. Um, but that's kind of it. Like they haven't had much else. You know, it's kind of it's been uh, a concerning year if you're talking about the future of UTA, right? What is Greg Young's tenure kind of look like now? But um, yeah, this is a this was a bad loss, and then come, then they come around and lose to Tarleton uh, UTA. Um, come out and lose to Tarleton the next game uh, on Monday, and yeah, now now if you're Sam Houston, you Evelyn Christian. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, sorry. go ahead. But yeah, uh, Sam Houston. After that, Seattle. Oh, that's right. They bar- yeah, that's right. They did barely beat UTR. They barely beat RGV and then lose yeah. to UTA, and that's back-to-back games against bad teams that you don't play well. And now you have yeah. Abilene Christian, who is again not a very good Abilene Christian team, but still a pain. Then UTA mm-hmm. again, and then Tarleton, who's going to make it a pain. Like all three of those should be wins. We looked at the schedule, remember, and we were like, "Oh, they're going to be ten and three in conference right. and now they're seven and four and i'm scared that they're gonna lose in one of these next three games which they definitely should not lose yeah you t- we, were, we were hoping that they would be on an unbeaten run heading into utah valley um and that's not it's not looking likely <laughs> yeah so um that that was concerning Actually, no, they've already, sorry they've already played UT, ut valley uh utah valley i mean, mean um the- Southern Utah or Cal Beck, this one. Southern Utah, sorry, yeah, I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, I mean, that's the thing they closed. Regard, the regardless, they were on a, they were basically on a streak of where they should have been favored in like all of these games. Yeah, like they end the year with um, Cal Baptist, Southern Utah, mm-hmm. SFA, and Abilene Christian. Like you needed to win against UTA, but it's yeah. college basketball where things happen. Um, hope that it's not a trend, even though it's two games in a row. But we'll see. Um, last team to talk about was North Texas because I came on here and I was panicking. I was hitting panic buttons, even all the buttons. I don't care what they said. I was hitting everything when North Texas lost to Rice. Yep. And um, they've now won four straight. They beat Rice on the road by 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over this four-game stretch, they haven't looked great. You know, they haven't been like – impenetrable by any means but Mm -hmm. conference wins now they're 10 and 3 overall uh fau is only has one loss so and the tiebreaker so it doesn't look like fau is gonna come off the first place anytime soon but big game for north texas against rice on third or i'm sorry against uab on thursday at home Mm -hmm. uh jordan walker's back for uab one of the top scorers in the country i i have Question, UAB starting to hit its stride as well. That's going to be kind of that game to decide who's the second best team in the conference. UAB. I was, yeah, I might, I might try to go to that game now that Walker's healthy. Um, Just because that's going to be, like you mentioned, that's going to determine UNT's kind of uh, ceiling, but UAB, if they can kind of become that team that we kind of expected them to be, right? Beginning of the year. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fight to the to the to the finish, particularly between those two, because um, UNT. What is UNT is only up, or they're up a game and a half, like uh, two games, yeah, a game and a half, something games. like that. Because so. UAB started so poor. I mean, they went four and five. Right. Yeah, they started pretty badly. Um, but regardless, I I don't look at that Rice loss as the first Rice loss is bad because like Rice is they're kind of middle of the pack now. Right, they look. They, they, you know, we we've had jokes about them after their embarrassing loss to Middle. Um, but they look okay. 
like I don't I don't think they're a team that's going to be pushing for you know making a late run or anything, but they're a team that looks like probably the best version of the Scott Parra team I've seen. Yes. For so. the purposes of this podcast and me be, me being professional in this podcast, Rice is not a bad <laughs> basketball team. I was For wrong the, early in the year. Are you finally opting to be professional about Rice? Yeah, I will be professional about Rice only in this setting, even though they've lost three straight games. Um, and they're going to lose a fourth straight game when they lose to FAU. So we'll I was about to say, if, they're definitely going to use the FAU too. I was going to say, so we'll see, but yeah. they're not a bad basketball team this year. Right. That, that much I can say. They're not a bad basketball team. Even if they finish yeah. the year like 8 and 12 in conference, I don't think they're bad. Um, I mean, they're 15 but, and 8. They finished 16 and 7 last or 16 and 17 last year. So they're already on pace to like blow that mark out. No, hold on. Time out. Pause the game. Put it oh, on no. pause. Their non-conference schedule is awful. I don't want to hear a damn thing about their overall record. Okay? They weren't no, good last no, year either. No, no. They look at their non-conference schedule. Just because they beat Texas State does not mean that that though, any of those wins State last year. Texas State's the only decent team in the non-conference schedule that they beat. That's it. That's it. All right. All right. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. They're six and six in conference. That's all I care about right now. They they've jumped sixty spots since uh, in Kempom from last year. <laughs> they're a better team. I'm not saying they're world beaters. What were they? Hold on. Let me see. What were they in conference last year? Let me let me let me let me, let me iron this out. Let me go see. Ahead. I, go ahead. Iron it. They out. were they were seven and eleven last year in conference. Sitting at six and six right now. Come on, they they are a better team. Look, look. The, I I just I just tried to give you a rational explanation that they are not a bad team this year. That's as much as I can say. <laughs> I can't give okay. you any more compliments here, especially when they're about to lose and go to six and seven on the year. Um, <laughs> But there, but the, the North Texas Fair. fan in me says you should never lose to Rice. That team is fine. Garbage. Scott Perry is a head coach. You held them to fifty three times last year. Don't lose to Rice. But they, that's all right. We move on. We move past. Um, we'll see North Texas UAB on Thursday. That's going to be um, a big game. Big game for sure. Yeah. All right. Get to a couple headliners here. Because friend of the program, friend of the show, rather. Uh, yes, Karen Aston. Karen Aston has done it. Ish. They they've turned the corner successfully. They've done it. I don't know if this will result in any more wins in the conference season, but they're now four and nine in conference. Yep. So hey, you know, two winners of two of the last three. Mm-hmm. Uh they beat Middle Tennessee, a ranked Middle Tennessee team. I think their Middle Tennessee was 21st in the country, 23rd in the country, somewhere around there. 21st. 21st in the country, Middle Tennessee team, went to the Convocation Center in San Antonio. It was rocking. And mm-hmm. UTSA put it on them, 58-53. Look, we were first. We were, we first. were first on we the first. UTSA, Karen yeah. Aston bandwagon. Jordan Jenkins, we were the ones to say, we were going to say this team is a good team. A good team. They were going to get a validating win one yeah. day. And it came against a ranked opponent. Jordan Jenkins was incredible. Look, we, we all I want to do is bask in our flowers real quick because like we, a we victory were, lap right now. Yeah, take a victory lap because they're four and nine. We knew the record wasn't going to be great, <laughs> but we we also were very committed in saying this is still going to be a very competitive, very good team. And yeah, the minute I saw that score go final, I texted you and was like, "We did it." We, we predicted this. It's the. It's the. It was. It was the. Uh, it was. It's the Drake after 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 the Raptors won the title. It's like we create. We created this. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> this is us. 
if UTSA wins one more game, I'm emailing Karen Aston, and we are getting here on. If they beat UTEP on on Saturday, on yes. Tuesday, we will have Karen Aston for ten minutes. If she oh, I, I one thousand percent, we're getting her back on if they beat UTEP. They because beat UTEP. listen, I mean, like we mentioned, this team is a good defensive team, and Middle Tennessee goes over there and they score fifty three points. They score. They shoot twenty two percent from the field. Lockdown. Unbelievable. Lockdown. This, I mean, we said it. We said they were the best four-win team for a long time. Now they're the best six-win team in the country. Congratulations to UTSA. Jordan Jenkins, 20 points, 16 rebounds. Um, Elisa Coleman, 18 points, six rebounds. I mean. How about Kira White? Only three points, but eight assists and 13 rebounds. You don't need the score. That's what I try telling these kids nowadays. It's not about the points, Ish. It's not about the points. That's what you try telling them. As I wear a Damian Lillard jersey. <laughs> you don't need to score, but Damian it's Lillard the points. It's about winning the game, says the man in the Damian Lillard jersey. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, that's it's, it's a good team. It's a young team. They play hard. They play defense, and they got Jordan Jenkins. And uh, just give Karen Aston one more year, and I promise – that record this team is going to be a fun team next year. I am very excited to see them. My favorite, my favorite thing about this win is that they were down going into the fourth quarter. They were down two points. They outscored middle nineteen to twelve. Win game mm-hmm. by five. Win the game, and that's what they did. So shout out UTSA, friend, uh, friend of the show. We'll get Karen Aston. Maybe UTEP. Um, the Big Twelve. We got to talk about Texas women's basketball. Well, the Big Twelve in general in women's basketball is a mess. Um, the the AP poll hates the Big Twelve. It gets like it it gets the opposite treatment of the men's Big Twelve. Like when in the men's Big Twelve, if teams beat each other, they don't really drop. You know, it's like oh, you know, TCU lost to Baylor. They'll drop them from fourteen to fifteen. In the women's, if you lose, you're gone. (laughs) Baylor, if you lose, you're gone. I think Oklahoma and Iowa State are now, or Iowa State's like twenty second. Or something like that in the in there, um, yeah. There's not a lot of highly ranked teams, but Texas leads the pack nine and two overall in conference. Uh, Oklahoma eight and three, Baylor seven and three, Iowa State seven and four. I watched a little bit of Baylor Iowa State um, the other day, and Baylor mm-hmm. was in total control. I mean, it, the game was only a six point win, but if they were in control of the entire second half, really. So yeah, um, shout out to Baylor for getting that win. Iowa State continues to fall a bit we said earlier in the year that we thought they were a little fraudulent um and so texas has taken the reins five straight wins i think i like i I think one of the biggest revelations for baylor has been um and justin justin carter's gonna have a piece on her soon but dariana little bit little page bugs has been really good for them uh she's kind of come on as as you know we we kind of talked to her about is it a little bit too much asking for a freshman, even though she's a five-star, you know, big-time recruit, but was it still a lot to ask of her? I mean, in conference, 62% from the floor, almost 11 points a game, almost averaging a double-double, 9.4 rebounds. Um, she's turned it on since it's gotten to conference play, and she's been a big reason. Obviously, Sarah Andrews is playing out of her mind still, but it's been a lot of a lot more collective help. Yeah, B- Baylor was... It, it's it's like you watch I watched them and the pieces on the court 
I understand that like your little page bugs, Sarah Andrews, you know, all the, these Caitlin Bickle's on the court a lot. It's like, I understand mm-hmm. what these players are individually, but I feel like they are much better as a team. And I think Nikki Collins deserves a lot of credit for that. Like they, the way oh, that yeah. they're playing, obviously without those two players that we talked about this entire year at Edwards mm-hmm. and Blackwell, the way that they've come together, Nikki Collins deserves a lot of credit. Like, Obviously, I'm over here at LSU, and people are like, oh, you know, Mulkey leaves Baylor, and they're unranked. I'm like, hell, this has been an incredible coaching performance from Nick Collins. I was All about to say, take two, take two of the best players out of any team in the country, and exactly. they fall apart. And Baylor's exactly. been pretty good still. Yeah, like, if you would have told me before the year, they don't have Edwards or Blackwell, uh, where are they finishing the conference, I would not have said top four. And now it looks like they're right. almost a lock for top four in the conference. So, yeah, shout out to Baylor. Um Last thing I'll say about Texas is through 11 games, Deanna Gaston leads the team in scoring at 14.2 points per game. Uh, she had, I think it was 27, 24, something like that in their last game. Um, that's been one of the bigger surprises I feel like we haven't talked about. But Deanna Gaston's like resurg- resurgence, resurgence, uh, like the way she's been able to break out. Sure. That's been kind of a surprise. So we always thought, you know, Rory Harmon, Sonia Morris, and Shayla Gonzalez, those are the three. Those are the three that are going to score yeah. the ball. They're going to handle the ball, everything. Deanna Gaston has um, been really, really good. She's been she's been great, and it's been a big reason why Rory Harmon hasn't been, able, hasn't been asked to do everything. And, you know, when she has options in the paint to dump it off to, that's going to help anybody. So, yeah, that's been and awesome to see. 55% from the field as well, Deanna Gaston. Yeah. Which is <laughs> very, very impressive. Shelly Gonzalez shooting 50% from the field, so shout out to them. Looking like they're going to win the conference at this point. Um, who does Texas mm-hmm. have next up? Let me see the schedule real quick. Um, coming off the win at Kansas, they have Texas Tech. TCU as the next two should be wins, both of them at home. Then you go at Iowa State, home against West Virginia, at Oklahoma, home against Baylor, at Kansas State, so – could be looking at like a 14 and four type season for Texas. Potentially. And uh, that'll, that'll be good. I will be campaigning for them to get like a three or four seed in the tournament. If they end up you know, going 14 and four and winning the tournament, I think that's a three or four seed. So yeah, I would be impressed with that. Um, anything else? Anything else we missed? Uh, UTA really quick. Uh, the women oh, the also win. picked up an unbeat, uh, an upset win. I was watching it uh, yesterday. Star Jacobs at the buzzer against, oh, sorry, I had it right here, Southern Utah in overtime, 60 to 58, previously unbeaten in conference, Southern Utah. Um, I don't think this changes much of the whack. I think UTA is still pretty much out of it, but that's a huge, that's still a huge win and kind of a little bit of uh, summarizes the frustration we've had with them, uh, the fact that they haven't been better. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, we, we've, we've talked about our, grievances before with uta but that is a big win so maybe it turns them around you know they they could very well be one of those teams that come conference tournament you know makes a run clicking a little bit the championship game and it's like oh there they are there they are it took them four months but they're here and they make the run so yeah we'll see how that how that works out but i think that's all we got um that's all we got on uh we'll be back on friday we got a couple Big games, like I said, North Texas big game um, is is one that I will be watching for sure. Um, the UTSA UTEP game that we mentioned earlier on the women's side is until Saturday, I think I said. Uh, so, 
yeah, it's on Saturday, February 11th. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and yeah, that's it. We'll appreciate y'all for joining us. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Uh, subscribe to the channel, the YouTube, if you have not already. We'll post all of our videos there. You can check us out on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and Ishmael R. Johnson. Uh, we will be back and we will talk to y'all then.